0: you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Siobhan, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I'm excited to have you here as my special guest today. And we're going to be talking about overcoming lack mentality, which I think is an incredibly important topic because so many of us have either dealt with lack mentality or are currently dealing with it, and it's something that we definitely need to talk about. So I'm glad to have you here to have this conversation, but before we dive in, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everyone and tell us who you
1: are and what you do. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here to talk with everyone. So I am a life and marriage coach, and essentially what I do is I help people, find ways of enjoying and being happy in their relationships. I started this work, my background is in social science. So I'm a researcher by training and have really been spending a lot of time thinking about how people think about relationships and the impact on those relationships. So right now I work with um, women and couples. And so the approach that I take really is all about mindset, which is so much what we're going to be talking about today in terms of lack mentality and really helping them shift the way that they think about their experiences and really sort of start taking the actions to create the type of experience that they want to be having together.
0: That is great. So let's dive in and I'd love for you to share how you define a lack mentality, specifically as it relates to finances?
1: Yeah. So I really see it as not having enough and becoming preoccupied with that as the current state where there's sort of this hyper focus on. The fact that it feels like you don't have enough, the fact that you have no prospects for getting more. It's just sort of like this endless cycle and spiral into there's not enough, which feels, um, it puts people in this very sort of like anxious state of never feeling like they're, you know, grounded, never feel like they can get ahead. But it's just sort of like, feeling held back. Um, But really it's the phrase that I always think of is not enough is the main thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that having a lack mentality can impact all aspects of your, your life, right? Not just your finances. It can impact your career, your relationships, and what you said that whole idea of not having enough. I think sometimes that keeps us as individuals fixated on what we don't have, right and it becomes this mindset block in a way where we're so fixated on what we don't have and just dwelling on whatever is not enough that we sometimes are unable to see outside of that right and i think that may impact just our overall (laughs) well-being um so i would love for you to share if you have had a personal experience with lack mentality Did it impact your finances, your career, your relationship, your marriage? I'd love for you to just share your own personal story with us.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I, as you were talking that that came to me was when you have a lack mentality, because you live in sort of this anxious state, it clouds your judgment and it clouds your ability to really Come up with appropriate, effective, or creative solutions for anything. So, for me, as I think about you know my relationship with money, it's funny. When I was younger, even before I got married, I was one of those women who like never looked at my finances at all. I just like got the bills, prayed there would be enough money. Um, to sort of get you know get me through what I needed to pay for. And so I wasn't even aware of really what I had at, at any given moment. And when I married my husband for a while, we kept our finances separate. It just really worked for us. We were both um, you know, pretty established in our careers. And so it worked well. And then when we decided to have a family, I um, left working where I was working, and then we had to have a lot of money conversations. And my husband, I will say, is probably like you, Bola. He's one of those, like I feel like, 99 percenters that are so financially responsible and so um, forward-thinking, right? He has a lot of savings. He operates mostly on cash. And... So when we began to have those conversations, it really surfaced for me, you know, having to take a clear look at my finances, how much, one, I didn't know, but two, how much I didn't want to know because it felt like it wasn't enough. So all the years that I spent just not looking at it was out of a fear that I didn't have enough and that I wouldn't have a solution when I really looked at. Um, you know, at what was happening. And, you know, in my twenties, I would like overdraw my account all the time, but I had no idea that it was really based in this fear of feeling like I didn't have enough. And so, you know, fast forward now I've, you know, we, you know, of course it started a family, but I've also started a business. And so, you know, spending, I would say we had like a year where I wasn't really working and I wasn't really making my own money. And I began to live in this like scarcity mindset of, okay, well, I have this husband who doesn't ever like to use credit cards, who is all about saving. And it just made me feel like I couldn't spend money on anything. Like even, the necessities of things for our kids. I was always second guessing. Um, And, you know, my taste, I'm, you know, I'm the extroverted person that likes to like do gatherings. And when it came to like our baby shower and the first birthday party, I really wanted to like, you know, have those picture perfect parties. And I found myself just really scared to spend money even though we had the money, it just was like this place of like, no, I shouldn't be spending money on that. That's not important. Um, and so that then even carried over once I started my business and, you know, my, my being influenced by him and by his beliefs and really just being afraid to give myself permission to make the investments that I wanted to make. And so I think over time, what has really been helpful for me in getting out of that lack mentality and really being wise about how I use my money is really thinking about one, what are the things I value? right? Is this use of my money in alignment with what I care about and what's important to me? And then two, is using my money in this way going to help me achieve some long-term goal? Um, and I think before I had that awareness, I was just doing a lot of frivolous spending, not really conscious of is this aligned with what I value, and is this going to help me achieve some greater goal? Um, but really making that shift took me out of feeling like I didn't have enough because it felt like of course you have enough because these are the things that are important to you. This is where you're headed, and so using your money in this way is a good choice, and it helped me give myself permission to do that.
0: You know, that's thanks for sharing, and I find that so interesting, right? You talked about having that lack mentality in your 20s and then getting married and you and your husband have finances now, you're able to support your lives, but then the scarcity mindset sets in. And those two things are very much related, right? So there's the lack mentality where you feel like you you just never have enough or you, you cannot have enough. And then there's the scarcity mentality where you think that um, you can never get what you need. If you spend what you have, you will never get it back. Um, There's a limited amount of, there's a finite amount of resources or success that's going around, and you need to get your own piece and keep it, and you don't want to let any of it go. And like you said, those things can limit your capabilities of being able to think into the future, plan into the future, dream big and pursue big dreams and big goals. I've definitely found that, you know, when people are struggling with that lack mentality, struggling with that scarcity mentality, it's hard for them to wrap their heads around the fact that even though things may be difficult now, even though they don't have a plan now, they can get to the other side of their situation and be incredibly successful. And I've seen that happen throughout my life. There's always certain things that, people would say to me oh don't do this with your money or don't ever give this with your money why would you like just advice that made me realize that people were impressing their lack mentality upon me and I even started to take take it on I remember very clearly graduating from college and (laughs) getting my first job and my bank account was zero dollars zero checking (laughs) accounts zero (laughs) savings (laughs) accounts zero zero everywhere (laughs) my mom is like you have a job, save your money. It's time to move out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I remember working um, in New York and, you know, at the time I, I, I had friends, acquaintances who were working on wall street earning a ton of money, but they would say things to me when I didn't want to go hang out, like, what's the point of saving? You're never going to be able to do this. We're never going to be rich. We're never going to be that. We're never going to be this. And, you know, in retrospect, that was really them impressing their lack mentality upon me. And I think people suffer from this in many different severities, depending on their background, how they were raised, um, traumas that have happened to them in their lives. But I think it's definitely worth recognizing regardless of what level it is impacting you at like what scale of this lack mentality or scarcity mentality is impacting your life because unless you're able to recognize it um you can't get ahead of it you can't you can't get past it and you can't like you said figure out that plan to
1: be able to just move past all of this yeah yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think one of the the pieces like just thinking about the idea of abundance, right? As the um sort of other end of the spectrum to scarcity and lack mentality is, you know, for me as a life coach, my work is about thinking about what's possible for my clients, right? And showing them what is available to them and When I think about money, right, it is one of those resources that's infinite. And so if you can just get on board with that as a thought, right, like all of us have people in our lives or know of people who feel, you know, who we look at and they're like, they don't have a care in the world when it comes to money. Like they have all the money in the world. They have all the money that they need. And I think sometimes we use that against ourselves to keep us in a lack mentality when really what you can do is see like, well, if all the money in the world is available to them, that means all the money in the world is just available. And I can be a part of that too. And so once you just are able to create that shift of like, No, all the money I need is actually available to me. I just have to, you know, let go of these limiting beliefs and open my mind to create the clarity for me to determine the best way for me to access it.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's not just always people who have all the money in the world, right? There, there are people who don't have any money, but they don't, they don't have the lack mentality or the scarcity mentality. <laughs> they spend all the money in the world. <laughs> I mean, they're just not phased. They're not phased by being a debt. They're not. They're just not phased. They're living their best life. But then mm-hmm. when I think back to my background, right? So both of my parents are first to go to college. Um, in, in their respective families. Um, both of my parents come from backgrounds of poverty. Um, you know, their parents just real struggling. And I remember as a child, my mom would take me to our hometown to visit relatives. And it was just a lot, a lot of poverty. My mom was always, and she still continues to this day, finding ways to help people, sending people to school, paying tuitions for cousins, for distant relatives, paying medical bills, all kinds of things. And it wasn't because these people were lazy or, you know, they were uh, irresponsible with money. It was because these people in terms of condition of life in terms of the way the system is built, we're just truly, really poor. And my mom coming out of that, right. And being able to establish some sort of success. And even on my dad's side, coming out of that and being able to establish their own sort of success, they are very, very cautious about how they spend their money, about what they spend their money on. Right. Like there's also that, that aspect of lack mentality, like you can't buy this thing or you shouldn't be spending this thing because this money can go to so many other things that I never had, but you don't really need where you are in your life right now, if that makes sense. So I think it's, it's very complex, right. And, um, I'm glad that we're talking about it in a bit more detail because for anyone who's feeling lack mentality or who is experiencing lack mentality or has a scarcity mindset, um, this is not something can be, that can be minimized. Sometimes it's, it goes deeper for other people than other people, but it's something that, like I said before, like you said, in order to get past, it has to be unpacked and you have to dig deep, deep, deep into figuring out what is the root, right? So I even carry some of my mom's (laughs) lack mentality and scarcity mentality in terms of the things I do based on my experience growing up and seeing what I've seen, seen, and based on what we didn't have as as, as I was a child. And I've really been intentional about letting certain certain areas go and trying to get past my way of thinking about certain things, right? Um, Mm. Because I feel like it limits me as an individual and it limits my own potential in terms of the things I could accomplish into the future. So just thinking about that, you work with a lot of people, couples, marriages, as a social researcher. Um, how have you seen this lack mentality impact relationships, marriages, friendships, intimacy,
1: etc.? Yeah, so many ways. I mean, I think it really, the first place is kind of what you mentioned with your mom, where we adopt and we're so influenced by other people's beliefs, right? So for for me, even when my husband and I started talking much more about finances, he had different values for how he wanted to use his money, but I didn't understand that. I just thought, he just wants to save, save, save everything, which means we can never use our money for anything that's not saving, right? But it it wasn't that, it was more that that's where he valued using his money. And then I had to decide for myself, is that what I value, right? And I think in couples, this is really hard where we want so much to always be on board with our spouse, right? That's the expectation that we blindly have that we should be agreeing to large purchases, or we should be agreeing to our savings goals, or how we budget and things like that. And when neither one of you is questioning why you think the way you do about money, then you're going to have just like a I'll say this respectfully, like just an ignorance, right? Not from like, you don't want to know, but you don't even know what you need to know about how you've come to understand money and how you've come to make decisions around how you utilize your money. And so in couples, I think really being able to tease apart what are your beliefs about money? Like, where did you even learn that? And is that what you want to believe? Because I think now for you as an adult, Bola, like you get to decide, do I want to adopt the the mindset around money that my mother had? Like, does that serve me? And I think in couples, people don't give themselves permission to even ask that question. So that's the first piece of really uncovering, what do each of you believe? What do you value? Um, in terms of how you want to utilize your money. And then when there's a conflict, right, that's a hard place. We think like the other person is wrong, especially when it comes to money beliefs because they're so deeply ingrained in us. And so there's sometimes a lot of conflict because one person wants to use money in this way or one person is really you know, on top of the budget. And instead of just neutralizing that and just understanding that, a lot of different people have a lot of different ways of operating around money. We make the other person wrong. And it's that point where you look at your spouse um, or partner or you know someone that you're making financial decisions with, you look at them as wrong and then you judge them as a person rather than just being able to lift up, oh, they just think about this differently than I do. So when you can begin to see it that way, then the conversation becomes not, no, we have to do it this way or no, we have to do it your way. The conversation then becomes, how can we achieve this goal? How can we achieve the collective goal? And I know in our our situation, what needed to happen for me was to actually have a goal, right? So I needed to know this is, This is what we're working towards collectively. And this is, you know, for example, in savings, this is how much I am expected to contribute to the savings, or this is how much I'm expected to contribute to these household expenses. Once that was just very clear to me, then for me as the person who maybe isn't checking the budget every day, I could still guide myself towards that goal right? And it never needed to be my husband constantly checking up on me, but it was just like, okay, this is what we've decided. We're working together. We've agreed that we're working together on this and you're going to do it your way. That may mean you save up the majority of what you're contributing the last two months <laughs> of the year, um, but we just trust that it's going to get done. Um, so I think, you know, the, the relationship issues when it comes to money are all a mindset issue. Right. Like everything in life, I believe, obviously, as a life coach is a mindset issue and not that it means the mindset is bad, but in couples struggling with this, it's just that the mindset is different. And so I think when you start there, um, it really makes the path forward seem a lot more clear.
0: Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that this is relevant to individuals as well, right? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, not just imp- not just impressing your own beliefs or your own scarcity or lack mindset other people, but I think there is that inner work that you can do for yourself based on everything that you said, where you can try to determine, okay, how can I figure out how to change this? What am I doing and impressing upon myself in terms of how I'm spending my money? How can I set the right type of goals to help me think past this, um, think past this, this behavior or this mentality that I have? And I think that the same way partners may judge each other uh, and impress upon each other their their mindset beliefs and their the way they manage their finances. We do that to our friends all the time. <laughs> we judge our friends for how they spend their money based on our mindset beliefs. They judge us.
1: We judge celebrities. <laughs> yeah, how they so much judgment. think we judge, <laughs> <to ourselves, everywhere. laughs> right? I think we judge ourselves too, <laughs> because that was the part of my story. Once I realized, like, well, I'm not being as responsible with my money as I want to be. I just began to judge myself and the judgment doesn't help anyone, whether we're judging ourselves, judging our friends, judging our parents for making us think about money in this way, judge the people who are spending money differently than how we would. The judgment is just never, ever a part of the solution.
0: That's so true. So, you know, my next question for you is around um, causes of lack mentality and just thinking through what we're talking about, right? um, I... When I reflect on why I think certain ways about money. So I'm the kind of person that I always have to have money in the bank. And I've said this on the podcast before many times. It's just part of who I am. A lot of this is tied to how I was raised. You know, I grew up, like I mentioned, seeing a lot of poverty around me, Um, not just family, but just in general. Um, I grew up watching my dad go through a major, major life changing uh, financial downturn. Um, I grew up watching my mom navigate and help her friends through divorces, loss of spouses, and just being left with the short end of the stick, no money, nowhere to go, no options, having to stay stuck in abusive relationships or having to watch a family come in and take everything your, your partner who passed away has worked for, your kids, um, seeing all of that. And so I have this fear of ever finding myself in those positions um, and so I, I always have to have money in the bank. That's my one security, and I've always been that way. Whether I have, I'm earning a lot of money or I'm not earning a lot of money. And I remember um, early on in my relation, in my marriage with my husband, talking about. Just observing our behaviors with money. He's very different from me. He does not have a lack of mentality. My husband is full-blown abundance mentality, even <laughs> when he had no money, right? And even when he had no money, his confidence was like, do you know how much money I'm going to make? Do you know what my capabilities are? Do you know what my potential is? Do you know that even if you put me in the middle of the desert, I'll figure something out and I will, <laughs> like, he's just that person <laughs> that there's nothing that can set him back. He's going to figure out whether he's working what he does now, whether he's working at something else, whether he's starting from scratch, he's a figure, figure it out kind of person. Whereas I'm like, I will figure it out up to a point,
1: but once we get to that
0: point, <laughs> no more money is coming out of this bank account. That's just how I am. And so I realized that, you know, for me, that my, my growth, my growing up experiences have impacted my mentality. And one of my biggest fears is impressing that upon my kids
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: so that they can, build their own abundance mindsets without, and it's difficult to do because kids learn from observation. Yeah, (laughs) I, I want them to learn how to save, but I don't want them to be so consumed in, oh my God, I need to put $5 in my account, $10 in my account, $20 in my account, that they miss important life experiences. Like they don't go do something that's a huge life experience and memory because of $10. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So in your experience, like what other causes, or maybe you can share your own personal experience, like what has caused lack mentality for you? If you think back to how you were raised or what do you see causes lack mentality for other people?
1: Yeah. So for me, or when scarcity think,
0: mentality, I'm kind of like interchanging the two now, yeah, but you guys are, know what we're talking so, about.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're so intertwined. Yeah. So I think for me, my earliest memories of sort of imprinting this idea that I didn't have enough really started when I began to be exposed to friends who had more money than we did. And I remember very clearly, like they had you know, certain outfits or they shopped at certain stores and wanting to go to those stores. And, you know, my parents didn't really say like, no, you can't have that. But I just remember like it would take longer for us to get it. Right. So they were probably like saving up (laughs) to get me um, this thing that I wanted. But I remember what that created for me was this idea of there are people over there who have more money than you do. And I really began to sort of see myself as an outsider from money, right? Like they have it, you don't have as much. And I think over time, what that did for me, you know, especially when I made the transition to becoming an entrepreneur, was I had to do a lot of work Kind of like what you were mentioning with your husband, to just believe in abundance for me, that I could create abundance, that, you know, if I put enough value out in the world, the sky was the limit to how much money I could make. And so, you know, being an entrepreneur and being in rooms with other people making a lot more money than me, I had to constantly you know, overcome that lack mentality of not feeling like I had enough, that they had enough, but not me. Um, And so that was, you know, I think a pretty seminal experience for me of just feeling like an outsider to money that I didn't have enough compared to other people.
0: Yeah. Like I said, you know, this is, it's, it can go so deep (laughs) when you're thinking about root causes of why you think a certain way, why you have a lack mentality, why you have a scarcity mindset. But I think just for people to just really go back on and unpack what they deem their personal causes and just really reflect on it. How did that affect you? How does that affect the way you think today? What can you do differently? Can you try out different things to stop you from having this idea of scarcity, lack mentality. And for me, that is very much my, um, you know, and we'll talk about this a bit more later, but, you know, designating money that I can spend and just feel like, okay, I have this money here and I can just blow it, (laughs) (laughs) help with that whole, oh, I have to save every $5, every $10, you know, just how can you counter those thoughts that are holding you back and keeping you with this whole lack mentality and scarcity mindset. And sometimes it can be more difficult if you are in a situation where things are not easy right now, right? So mm-hmm. you may not have a job. You may have a lot of debt. You may just you may ha- just be facing a lot of difficulty in life and you don't have enough, right? But then there's these two women on the internet talking about, well, you have to figure out how to overcome your lack mentality. <laughs> that is not you can helpful. You just create money, right? Yes, no, <laughs> but that's not what we're saying. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. What, what we're saying is just giving yourself permission or finding ways to give yourself permission to think past the current situation. And everybody has had dark times in life, in finances. um, There are situations I've experienced. I've seen my parents experience that I I just never, I would never talk about. um, That really still bother me to this date in terms of just financial struggles, not being able to help people or not being able to help people in a way that they, they wanted to, that just didn't turn out well, just many situations like that. And so or even ourselves, right? When I remember us downsizing everything that we own. <laughs> when mm-hmm. my dad went through his financial downturn, we moved from our five bedroom house into a tiny little apartment. We sold all the the three cars we had. We had one little car. We just, it was a whole game changer, right? Um and especially as a teenager, teenager, you go through that and your friends, you know, sometimes teenagers don't think. They're like, oh my God, are you guys poor? You know, things yeah. like that. <laughs> so it's it's really being able to give yourself permission to think past your current situation. Yes, you have to get through the situation. Yes, it's hard. Yes, there's emotions tied to it, but what can you do, right? To yeah. help yourself get out of this? How can you? Um, find ways to survive the situation, but still think about a bigger future and a better life for yourself. And I think I may not have articulated that well, but I think that's really, really important. So instead of dwelling on lack mentality and scarcity mindsets, right, which is what we've been talking about throughout, I want us to shift and talk about embracing abundance, Mm -hmm. regardless of where you are with your finances, with your relationship, with your career right now, you may be in a difficult place. You may be in an okay place. You may be in a great place, but I, I firmly believe that it doesn't matter how amazing you are. There's always room for growth and improvement. How does one embrace abundance and specifically embrace abundance without guilt? Because if you're coming from a lack mentality place, a scarcity mindset place, and things kind of turn the corner for you and you're kind of doing well and things are going going well, even if it's just for a period of time, there's always that guilt. Oh my God, I'm earning all this money or, you know, I was able to pay off that debt, but, but do I deserve this? Um, you know, maybe it's going to get worse again. This is just, this success is only temporary. This financial turnaround is only temporary. Everything is going to go back to the way it was. I'm never going to be successful. How do you embrace abundance without the guilt, without the fear
1: of losing it?
0: Yeah. Devon, help us.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I think part of it is looking back on how you created the level of abundance that you have now. I think so many times, We forget the hard work that we put into something, right? So in the experience that you just, you know, recounted, it's sort of like there were decisions you made week after week, month after month, year after year, that led you to being able to pay off that debt. It didn't just, you know, most of the people listening probably just don't have, you know, piles and piles of money just falling out of the sky for them. If you do, great. But For those of you who actually took actions and worked for that, you have to look back and know how you created it, right? It's not something that you just got lucky. It's you used the skills, you made hard decisions to get to that place. And so I think when you can see how the success you may be experiencing now is something you worked hard to create, then you can also project forward to how to keep creating it, right? So a lot of times people will feel like, oh my gosh, this is a fluke. Like, I can't keep this up. I don't know how this is, you know, how I'm going to make more, how I'm going to grow more, whatever the case may be. But everything that you have, like you've earned. And once you can see that, right, then hopefully your brain will accept that you are deserving of what you're experiencing because this is a result that you created, and once you see that then literally you can create another result and so what happens at that point is using the lessons you learned using you know your reflection on how you got to where you are now to take you to the next level right so it's just setting a goal and allowing yourself to understand why that is your goal, right? If it's making more money or if it's saving more or paying off another debt or, you know, being able to pay for your kid's college, whatever that goal is, the first thing that I say when you're trying to like really step into abundance is to understand why you have that goal, right? So if you're struggling with a lack mentality, or you feel like I don't deserve to have this, you want to, convince yourself and sell yourself on the idea of why it's actually important for you to have it right what are you going to be doing with that money I'm a big fan of like giving your money a purpose so what is it for right what do you want to be making more money for and one of those purposes can actually be just because you want to I know we don't hear that a lot, (laughs) but you can decide that you want to make more money just because your quality of life would be better, or you would have access to things that you don't have access to now. I think we all know that money doesn't make you happy, but money does provide access to things. Money does provide, you know, experiences that without money you don't have, and so you can give yourself permission to want more just because you have that desire to want more. What
0: is your why? That is something that we talk about all the time throughout Clever Girl Finance, just really getting clear on why you want to achieve something. And I'm so glad you brought it up as it relates to mindset, specifically around lack, scarcity and abundance, because we talk about why all the time, everybody talks about getting clear on the reason why you want to achieve something. But I think because it's spoken about so so much, it can be minimized, right? Mm -hmm. It can be made to not be as important, even though it's one of the most important steps to achieving your wellness in your life, in your career, in your relationship. Why do you want to build wealth? Why do you want your relationship to work? Why do you want to excel at this job? Um, And It's just so, so, so incredibly important getting Claire on that. Why, why do you deserve this abundance? (laughs) Why do you deserve not to feel guilty about succeeding with your money and doing well? Um, that is so, so important.
1: Yeah, it is, it is really a game changer. It creates such a like grounding for you to keep moving forward. So we have figured out, while we're trying to figure out,
0: (laughs) embracing abundance for ourselves. But for many people, they do the self-work, they create their why, they're working on their mindsets, they're working on the mentality, they're shifting away from scarcity and lack to abundance and plenty, but then their family, their partner, their kids, Their friends are not on board with this, or they don't get it, or they're just not at that point in their lives where they can see past the lack and scarcity. How do you involve the people in your life, your partner, your friends, your kids, in embracing abundance with you?
1: Yeah. So, my answer might surprise people and they might not like it, but you don't. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, in the coaching world, there's this idea that, like, other people get to have whatever beliefs they want to have. And I think when it comes to, you know, whether it's a relationship or you're married and it really feels like you need to be on the same page or friendships or other family members, and you know, as a coach and I coach people on relationships, my advice is always stop trying to convince people of anything. So when you're convincing, you're trying to control and you want to look at why, why is it important to you that they be on board or that they have the same beliefs you do? And usually it comes from this false idea that if you both think the same way, that things will be easier, that you'll be able to achieve your goals quicker or, you know, with less conflict. That may be true, but it doesn't mean you still can't achieve your goals, right? Even in my own marriage, there are financial goals that my husband has that I don't have. And he never tries to convince me to be on board with it. He just has the goal and he does the work to achieve the goal. Likewise, I have some other financial goals. And I think when you can just be at peace and allow room for both of those things to coexist, the way you're approaching it and the way you're thinking about it and the way the other person is, you just have so much ease and your mind is clear about what you need to do to make sure you achieve the thing that's your priority. So it really is this idea that your priority is your priority. Own it, love it, right? Lean all the way into it without feeling like you have to bring other people along. Because once you let go of them needing to be on board or needing to think the same way, they may just be so inspired by you that they want to be on board. And that is a little bit of what happened, you know, even in my own marriage where my husband stopped trying to convince me and trying to get me on board with his financial way of doing things. And I saw the value myself. So really the best advice I could offer anyone is stop trying to convince anyone in your life to get on board with managing their finances or making financial decisions the way that you do.
0: I love that. And that is so true because, You know, sometimes people will see you and they want to learn how you're doing something because they are genuinely interested. They want to make the change in their own life. They want to change their mindsets. They want to pay off debt, et cetera, et cetera. And that's great. Those people, I think you can really tell who they are by the way they approach you, the way they talk to you, the way they support you, ask you questions. But then there's also the people on the flip side who really don't care what you're doing. They don't care about your mindset or whether you pay off your debt or not. They're going to um, continue to impress their own failures upon you and why you can never succeed and why your whole generations have always had lack mentality and so you should carry it forward into (laughs) your future generations there's always going to be those people and i always tell people listen you cannot save the world you are not jesus right (laughs) and some people just are not going to go on this journey with you so it's okay to distance yourself it's okay to not have those conversations because people will say well what if that person is living with me in my house they're my mom my dad my boyfriend my husband my girlfriend whatever um maybe you don't have those conversations. Maybe there's deeper things that you guys need to unpack outside of just that financial aspect that ties into finances um, that is contributing to it. And that's a different podcast episode, but (laughs) not everybody is going to be for you or to support you. And many, 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 many times, in fact, most times it will have nothing to do with you and everything to do with them and their own perceptions and what they're going through in their lives. And so it's may not sound nice to hear that you cannot carry everybody right mm-hmm. but you know it, it is what it is I mean there have been times where I've sat down and I've told my husband oh listen we need to have xyz and this is in the early days and he probably just looked at me and I'm like listen woman move out my way because yeah. I'm gonna succeed <laughs> you can stay in your lat corner over
1: there but yes. don't block my way over here <laughs> exactly exactly and you can look back on that in hindsight and see like he was exactly where he needed to be and you were exactly where you needed to be so
0: yeah, and I definitely no think that yeah. yes yeah we all need those people like you know my husband my family helps me open up my mind I help my mom counter that scarcity <laughs> behavior I'm like mommy stop it Okay, we don't need to save every plastic fork. We have silverware right here. Okay, you don't need to put that in a suitcase (laughs) to ship it anywhere. It's
1: okay. It's okay. Um, Yes.
0: yes. And everybody needs that person in their life. And so maybe you don't need to convince anybody. Instead, maybe you need to find your your tribe and find those people, that support system that's going to help you, especially if you're struggling with embracing that abundance. It's going to help you. Be more receptive to being able to embrace abundance for yourself.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure.
0: So Siobhan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, um, share your insights. I hope for those of you listening, you found this conversation insightful. And like we said throughout, there's a lot of, you know, this stuff goes deep, but if you can just start to scratch the surface as it relates to navigating or dealing with your own lack mentality and scarcity mindset, you can make big, big progress. So thank you, Siobhan, for coming on to share. Um, You have to tell us what is your Clever Girl superpower?
1: Yeah, so I think my Clever Girl superpower is you know, it's hard to put it into like a word. So I'll use a phrase. It's just really understanding dynamics and having insight there. So I can sort of look at a couple or (laughs) look at people and really just sense like, something's going on there what's happening so I think I have like the x-ray vision I guess is probably the way to capture it in an actual superpower
0: I need some of that vision on where to find all the money (laughs) what's the direct path to cash
1: yeah,
0: that would be awesome. <laughs> That's great. So you're really great at what you do. Um, and speaking of that, I'd love for you to tell everyone how they can find you, um, how to keep in touch with you, what you have going on, et cetera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's probably three main ways you guys um, can connect with me. I have a podcast as well. So if you're a podcast listener, which obviously you are um, and are married and are looking to find ways to really make your marriage work and to be in love with your marriage, my podcast is called Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan. It's on every podcast platform. Uh, You can also go to my website I've got lots of free downloads and free resources. Um, That is drshavonne.com. It's D-R-C-H-A-V-O-N-N-E.com. And if you're on Instagram, I hang out there a lot. You can find me at Siobhan parat on Instagram.
0: And we'll be sure to add all those things in the show notes. And for everyone listening, Siobhan is a real doctor. It's not a fun <laughs> tagline. <laughs> She's yes, i to I'm degree. So back it
1: degree. Up. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, lots of years.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just being familiar, being like Siobhan, Siobhan, but it's really Dr. Siobhan Bola. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Bola. This was Thank so fun. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.